Greetings, this is Shane Ross, and this is the Edit Bay Podcast, Episode 31, Laptop Editing. The Edit Bay is sponsored by Blackmagic Design. Say goodbye to loose cables and switch instantly between SD, HD, and 2K in 422 or 444 video quality. Multibridge is the world's first external PCI Express capture and playback solution, with two models to suit your workflow. Multibridge Eclipse larger 2-rack unit size even features 12 channels of AES-EBU, 4 channels of balanced audio, and an advanced front panel design with status lights and 32 audio level meters. Blackmagic Designs Multibridge Pro for $15.95 and Multibridge Eclipse for $23.95. Blackmagic-Design.com You see this all the time now. People editing with their laptops, using Avid Media Composer, Final Cut Pro, Adobe Premiere, Sony Vegas, iMovie, countless others. In fact, it's so common that the director of Toy Story 3 was editing on his laptop on an airplane and didn't seem to impress the person sitting next to him. I mean, a feature film being edited on a laptop on an airplane. For Pete's sake, that's impressive. It hasn't always been this way, of course. Before this, you needed big computers with large hard drives. And before that, a flatbed or upright film editing system or a large tape-to-tape edit bay. Technology is allowing the edit bay to shrink and fit in your lap. I have a story about when I edited on a laptop, and it did impress people, back when editing on a laptop was new. I was hired to do motion graphics on the David Mamet film Spartan. Simple graphics to go over the newscast they were shooting, to make it look like the kind of stuff you see on CNN or Fox News. But before we got to that point... They needed some stock footage edited to play in the monitors behind the newscasters as they reported a breaking news story. Part of my job was to edit that footage. So I met with David Mamet and a couple of producers in his writing bungalow. He came up with a script for what the newscasters were going to say, and we brainstormed and researched what stock footage we needed and in what order it would appear. You know, the usual stuff. I did have that laptop with me at that meeting, and I was using it to look up the footage, but they didn't realize that that laptop was also my editing machine. Now this was 2003, nine years ago. The laptop I was using was a first-generation white iBook G3, something like 500 MHz, 256 megabytes of RAM, a powerhouse it wasn't. But I had been using it for a while, cutting family videos, behind-the-scenes projects, actor demo reels, and a couple short films. I had Final Cut Pro 3 loaded on it, and I used an 80GB Firewire 400 drive for storage, and a Canon GL1DB camera to load footage. It was a nice portable rig. So the stock footage was ordered, and it came in on a Digibeta tape. And I had a DV tape with matching timecode made so that I could capture the footage. I captured the footage, read the script as voiceover so that I could get a rough timing to edit this footage to, and then I was done. I was required to deliver the footage on beta tapes so that I can play them back on the set on the big screen behind the actors. Yes, it was a very traditional and very old school, but this was a feature film, and feature films tend to follow old established workflows. Then the day came when they were going to shoot the scene, and they asked if I'd like to come to the set to watch. Well, sure, why not? To see David Mamet in action on a movie set? Absolutely. Now, I didn't know what made me think that I should bring my gear to the set, but I did. I brought my laptop, hard drive, and camera to the set, just in case, I thought. So David blocked the scene. They did a couple rehearsals, watching the footage and reacting to it, and did a fairly decent job of timing it out. There were a few rough spots that caused the actors to need to skip lines or play out the scene more, And when they shot the scene, after two takes, they realized it was too long. It was six minutes long, and really, they only needed to be on screen for two to three minutes. It was way too long. But they didn't want to cut around what they had shot, so David wanted to rewrite the scene, shorten it and make it tighter. So he pulled out his typewriter and got to work. But then the producers realized something. 
the B-roll that plays behind the newscasters will no longer match the script. It'd be quite long. But it was on beta tape. What were they to do? I brought my laptop with me, I said, and was greeted with blank stares. I have the footage with me. I can edit it down to match the new script. Really, one of them asked? You can do that? And I'll put that to beta so we can play it behind the actors? Well, that I couldn't do. I can only output to DV. And the station we were shooting with didn't have DV decks. I can't do that, but what I can do is route the signal directly from my laptop to my camera and then play that into the monitors behind the actors. I can control the playback myself, pause when we need to, and play when we need to. They seemed surprised by this. And when I stood up my gear, just off to the side of the desk, I had about eight people around me, watching what I was doing, marveling that I was able to do all this from my little white laptop. The actors did the rehearsals with a new script, and I cut down the playback during the rehearsal so that it hit right when it needed to hit. This is much better when you can cut to the actual performance. So this time, when David called action and the scene progressed, things were timed right and went off without a hitch. Back then, the film professionals marveled at the technology and what it could do on the set, cutting B-roll. Now, seven years later, the average airline passenger is not impressed by the person in the seat next to them editing an Academy Award-winning film. Makes me wonder what the next step will be. Editing on an iPad? Oh, yeah, you can do that now, too. Okay, that does it for this show. Please join me next time for a story from The Edit Bay.